And welcome back to episode 138 of the Weekly Tech Ramp with me, Jay. And me, Carl. Well, Carl, we are back for another episode of the latest tech stories this week. And we're still on Twitter. Um, more on that later, uh, given that Twitter's in some kind of death spiral. Can anyone right view us? Who knows? Yeah, who knows? I mean, yeah, rate limit. Yeah, we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But yep, we are back with another mix of stories this week. Um, we've got a good lineup. We're going to talk. We're going to talk PlayStation, um, a little bit of a kind of, I guess, a fallback to the Activision Blizzard uh, acquisition story. Too many long words in that sentence. Uh, we've got some stories of more layoffs in the tech world, and we're going to talk a little bit around Apple. Uh, kind of going to talk a little bit on the stories we had last week around the MacBook, sorry, Mac Pro, not MacBook Pro, excuse me, the Mac Pro, the cheese grater, um, as well as uh, some meta stories as well, including a little word on the new Threads app, which uh, launched this week, but not for everybody. Um, and we've got the Tech Ramp Rumor Mill back this week with a couple of rumors as well. So, Carl, let's kick off this. Let's get straight into the kick off this week then about... Yep. Uh, this is all to do uh, with the FTC lawsuit that's happening, isn't it? Around it is, the yeah. The Blizzard uh, takeover and some of the things that have come out um, from legal deposition. Legal depositions, that's the word, isn't it? That's the one. Well, it's its wrapped up now, as far as I'm aware. We're, we're waiting for whatever the verdict may be. But yeah, some of the stuff that came out early on, even on the first day, and what Microsoft really led the charge with was, uh, uh, obviously, during these depositions, you have to generally give evidence and collateral and stuff like, like email threads. So one of, one of the gems of an email that came out and Microsoft led with was the first day. It was from... Uh, Sony, Sony Interactive's the president and CEO Jim Ryan. Yeah. Uh, so this is this is emails going back what, a year, January twenty twenty two, and it, it, this is what he's saying about Microsoft buying Activision Blizzard. You know, he's saying it's not an exclusive play at all. They are thinking bigger than that. Then they have cash to make moves like this. And he says he's spent a fair amount of time with both Microsoft uh, gaming head Phil Spencer and Bobby uh, Kotick from Activision okay, Blizzard. Yeah. Yep. The one, yeah. Over the past few days. I'm pretty sure we will continue to see uh, Call of Duty on PlayStation for many years to come. Uh, I'm not complacent. I'd rather this hasn't happened, but we'll be okay, more than okay. So that's the bombshell that Microsoft yeah. dropped, just proving that all along, Sony didn't really care about Call of Duty. It was just no. trying to stop them from you know, potentially competing more with them. So that I mean that shoots the whole argument down, doesn't it? That they basically uh, were arguing with the the CMA in the UK and the EU's Commission on it. Yeah, the whole and supposed public public, and I would say it was the public facing part of this it argument, was. wasn't it? It the was. Was at stake here. That was it, and the CMA saw through that. Clearly, the CMA probably had access to the same emails, yeah. and that's why they discounted the whole Call of Duty and moved on to the cloud gaming part, wasn't it? It's still pointless, but still. Well, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Microsoft obviously uh, summed it up by saying, you know, today showed Sony has known all along we stand by our promise to keep games on its platform and made it clear its work to lobby against deals only protect its dominant position in the market. Well, yeah, which is what we've been saying all along. But just it just sums up Sony's absolute blatant. Well, I don't want to say lying, but blatant kind of distruth, mistrust. Around it's a the double whole standard, thing. isn't it? Exclusives Absolutely. are okay for them, but they don't like Nobody it when exclusives exclude them. Yeah, yeah. It just it that's ridiculous. I mean, and the problem is here that Sony. I wouldn't say winning because winning is not the right word, is it? But Sony is certainly coming off better in these in this argument in the minute, and you know, and this whole um, acquisition does seem to be on the back foot really at the moment, given you know what's happening in America. And I guess it, it, somebody yeah. else approved it the other day. Um, Africa, wasn't it? Yeah, 
think it was nice. Uh, I mean, let's be honest. If if the FTC uh, block it, it's done. Yeah, I, I think so. That's their home turf. But yeah, and it's not necessarily the FTC. It's the judge, isn't it? So this is a lawsuit. So it's not that the FTC can just decide. Nope. You know, they have to no, not the judge either ways. So um, yeah, it all depends. I don't know when we're expecting the results of this though. No, I'm not, I'm not sure what we're expecting it at all either. But um, I, well, I think you know it's going to have to take a little bit of deliberation to get uh, to get through it. Whether or not they'll appeal um, is likely. I, mean, I suspect they will appeal. They're appealing a CMA decision, aren't they, in the UK? Yeah. Um, it, it's going to have to. It's going to have to see. Microsoft are not going to want to walk away from the seventy billion dollar acquisition without a fight. No, um, no. You know, so it is here. But interesting as well, isn't it? The, in this statement, they also. Um, there was two other kind of things that came out of it as well. One was around uh, Microsoft's view on cloud gaming, uh, which uh, is, uh, you know, they have admitted themselves that it is only a niche uh, angle at the moment, isn't it? You know, it is, yeah. There was, uh, they noted, wasn't it, according to Microsoft, it makes up a tiny fraction of the billions of hours of gameplay each year and has never achieved consumer demand beyond its current niche. And I think the problem with that is, is that whilst broadband connections are ubiquitous in most developed countries, it still is easier to have, you know, if you haven't got a decent connection or you live rurally or whatever, you know, having a physical game that you can play on, even though I know you've got to download them in most cases, yeah. but the point is you can play it without an internet connection in a lot of cases. Now, I know somebody's going to shoot me down and go, yeah, but many games need that today. Yeah, you're right. They do. Yes. But yeah. Consoles still sell, you know, don't they? That's the truth, you know. Exactly. And, you know, and, you know, we, me and you both have decent internet connections, so we could fully take advantage of cloud gaming. But... I just yeah, I, I, there's still a perceivable lag for me. So it works for some types of games, but the kind of games that I want to play, uh, FPS, um, uh, racing games, I can see that lag between me, you know, pressing the joystick and it actually reacting. Which uh, I'll just download the game. Yes, yeah, I mean it's just I, I, I look it, cloud gaming would work better for me. Like for example, so. If I'm playing on another machine that doesn't that I don't necessarily have a controller with, I'd like to be able to play games that have mouse and keyboard support rather than yep. just the cloud gaming, which effectively is Xbox in the cloud. It's, it's lots of Xbox Series X wrapped up. I I really would like to have the ability to cloud game properly, like you know, uh, which I can do. You know, theoretically, I could bark up uh, Parsec and I could you know create you know a almost like a VPN, not VPN, you know, sort of a VNC style connection to my machine and do it that way. But I'd like to be able to play PC games with cloud gaming, you know, rather than just console ones. That's my that would that would give yeah. me more um, scope for playing it. But I, think, um, I think also the other one, every time I go to play it, I'm thinking, right, I'm away, I'm stuck in a hotel, uh, I don't have an Xbox or your gaming PC. That's, yeah, that's Great, I mean. I'll fire up the cloud gaming, <laughs> but hotel Wi-Fi, isn't it? Yeah. It's so rubbish that it's just impossible to do. It is, it is. I mean, I think I think it will get there. There will be a point in the near future where cloud gaming will be standardised. It, it will be, won't it? When everyone's got 10 gig fibre everywhere, even in your hotel room. The problem, though, is that, you know, the cloud is just somebody else's data centre, isn't it? That's really true. You know, so, you well, know, it, it, yeah, exactly. It is going to cost money. You know, there is storage and that. But at some point, it will become the standard approach. Uh, you know, the standard approach. You know, mm. it, it's not going to be... 
you know, there will be a time when actually it will be cheaper to do that than buy a console because actually that's the way you want to run, you know, because you'll have your TV or your, I don't know, projection system or whatever, you know, you won't want to, you won't want a physical box in your house. It, it will seem archaic to do that, but that is not yet, is it? Is it? No, so, it's not yet. No, we're not there for um, games. But on a funny point, though, uh, there was a, a game announcement, didn't it? came out in court through the paperwork that uh, uh, Bethesda announced uh, unintentionally uh, that there is a new Indiana Jones coming, <laughs> coming yes, yes, which will be an exclusive to Xbox and PC. Um, but it's actually, according to Microsoft, it will also, uh, other ZeniMax titles, so ZeniMax are publishing it, uh, will also be shipped on PlayStation and the Nintendo console. Yeah, well, but... I think the general consensus from what I've seen is that titles that... Uh, historically there have only been out of multi-platforms will continue to be multi-platform they're not going to go exclusive but brand new titles like this indie it's brand new one for them yep. uh, uh starfield they're all brand new properties aren't they so they will be exclusive uh, where it makes sense exactly i think you're right and do you blame them no not at all you know they no. you want to you've got to give something back to the consumers that are paying the money so to speak aren't they you know sony have bought publishing houses before uh, game shoes before and made it all ex- uh, exclusive haven't they just and that's uh, many times that's but that's okay <laughs> Yeah, no worries. So as soon as we get more information on the FTC ruling, we'll of course be back with the update for that. But uh, I suspect it will take a little bit longer um, for that to come through. Um, but you know, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm not, um, I'm not feeling positive. You know, uh, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, there are a lot of points either side, so it all falls down to the judge at this point, doesn't it? It does indeed. It does indeed. Well, moving on then to uh, other stories in the tech world. So obviously 2022 slash 23 um, has been a large, well, there's been a large amount of layoffs in the tech sector across all areas, you know, from the big giants. And Plex now joins that uh, list of companies where they've let over 20% of the staff go. Uh, so if you're not familiar with Plex, Plex is a, um, I'm going to, yeah, it is free. It's a free to download media application, like a well, media server. Build your own streaming platform kind yeah, of Yeah, basically. Um, and you can build that. You can roll it, you know, in your own hardware. You can roll it in the cloud um, and then you connect it to a video library. And as Carl said, you can uh, use it to stream content. Um, you and I both use it. Uh, yep. in anger we have a you know very uh, well stocked library um also share with family as well and uh, allow them to to access it through a plex account um but as you say it's been free so you know where have plex been making the money and that's kind of the question here isn't it where where they've been making the money well part of that has been um getting people to buy the plex pass isn't it the, yep. the oh, i pay for the plex pass that gives you the ability to do things like hardware transcoding. Uh, it allows you to, uh, you know, access content from afar, is it, without sort of different um, restrictions? Yeah, um, yeah, access to all the mobile apps and stuff like that. That's it. That's the one. Yeah, and you can also have multiple. Uh, also, allowing you to have multiple users, isn't it, as well, that can access yeah. the content as well. Um, but one of the things they released uh, recently has been a um, ad-supported channel is it like on these free what's the other one? pluto tv is that the pluto one that yeah pluto is one of the ones that you get movies and tv channels for free but ad supported um, and plex themselves have launched one of those as well now we were talking about this in the kind of the preamble before we came on air it was uh have you ever used it and i was saying i've never used it apart from my father-in-law who's used it accidentally and told yep. me i'll watch the film off your library i'm like what i haven't got that and it turned out he'd been watching the free channel by accident um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't because it doesn't really fit in with how we do our media. Plex is just no. 
the central server that holds all the movies and the metadata and Cody is our front end to Plex. And there really isn't an option there to see that Plex provided content. Uh, I mean, if I go to the web interface, I'll use the Plex app for on the go. Of course I can, but I've never really felt the need to it. Yeah, see, I use Plex as the front end. Um, I've got, you know, and I that's deployed through... Um, you know, Apple TV. Oh, you've got Apple TV, through, yeah. yeah. you know, things like that. Um, but, I mean, these ad-supported channels, I mean, who really in their right mind? Unless, okay, I'll, I'll rephrase that because it doesn't sound fair. If you if you haven't, you know, got access to one of the streaming services, um, you know, it's probably a good way to get films, isn't it? Um, yep. but, but the content's not great. The quality probably is not overly high. It just, yeah, I, I can't see they're getting much reach on it, but I might be wrong. And I can... Probably say that they're playing to the wrong audience here, aren't they? Yeah. Plexi's audience is, I want to say, predominantly pirates. <laughs> Who are? What you're on about. <laughs> I don't know what you're on about. Uh, yeah, it will play any media, but predominantly, I think it's potentially pirates and, and stuff like that who aren't likely to go and click on ads and buy software and stuff like that. <laughs> They'll pirate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I did think. You know, what, what were they playing at when they launched all this? Um, you know, it was very different from their bread and butter. But uh, clearly, it's you know, it's not worked and they've laid off, what, it's 20% of the workforce, haven't they, uh, as yeah. of last Monday? Uh, and having a real think about how they run the business and going back to core strengths. But, the, I mean, I, I have to say, I've I've heard a few people talk about maybe moving away from Plex as well um, and looking at other solutions now because of some of the development life cycle issues and things like yeah that. i mean i've looked uh jellyfin's one of them isn't that's it that's the other one that's the other big uh, one isn't it really? i just i was missing the ability and i i, I need to relook at this one because uh the only thing that's holding me back is that ability to have those separate accounts for the kids yeah. that are age restricted so they can only see like content that's that wasn't there on jellyfin last time i looked you know, it has the hardware transcription so if it had that I would go there because it doesn't matter about the interface to me because they don't see it because Cody front ends it. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that one. I, and I like that ability of Plex to have to have that um, age restriction because yeah. that really helps with the kids. But yeah, I, Jellyfin, I, I wasn't, I have to say, I didn't get on well with it. But, you know, I don't intend to change anytime soon. But obviously, given that there might be a concern here that, you know, they could, uh, you know, could shut down i guess that's not what we're suggesting but you know if they're laying people off you never know if they're going to if they get into a negative cash flow situation uh there is a, a risk there that could happen couldn't there there is so yeah i probably need to reevaluate jellyfin and have a look to see if it w- would potentially work for my situation or what i would lose if i moved to it definitely definitely indeed okie dokie then so let's talk a little bit about um apple next then so let's move across to talk about uh, apple gaming so i know this is a weird subject but given we were talking about sony earlier i suppose it makes sense to kind of talk about it um in all the recent apple events uh they talked massively about every bringing single one. games every single one bringing games to apple and you know last uh, last event was no no surprise was it with uh kojima kojima san um, talking about Death Stranding and particularly yeah. the metal 
uh, you know, so their metal um, oh, engine, isn't it, underneath it? That, that does Basically, the their version of Proton, isn't it? So they, although metals, yeah. metals, their version of DirectX, isn't it? And Vulcan, That's, sorry, yeah, uh, that abstracts the hardware, gives you kind of low-level access to the hardware, but in a bit more user-friendly. And then they they announced their version of basically Proton, uh, or well, it was based on Wine, isn't it? Their their version for translating DirectX games to Metal on the fly. Yeah, that's that's right. And, and to be fair, um, gaming on Mac is not new. There have been games on Mac for years yes. and years and years and years and years. However, since the you know the move from in, when it was Power PC, it was different, and then we moved to Intel and you know games to it. But it's never really been serious gaming on Macs since the move to well i would say since the removal of uh graphics unless you had a mac pro and you yeah. could have a nvidia or amd card in there typically nvidia i should say you know gaming has never been i guess the forefront now you can get you know steam for the mac can't you there are now several first party games but there just really aren't you know the, those triple a titles that are, that are floating around really are there? there there are not no i mean at least with the intel based macs as you said you could go and add an nvidia or an amd gpu and get some serious actual gpu performance you could uh oh, what do they call it boot camp it couldn't you yeah, switch you into windows exactly. you finish yeah, your work yeah. on your mac switch into windows go and play some games great you had that option but obviously with the transition to the m architecture they've taken all that away um even on the the intel mac books the laptops you could use a thunderbolt dock couldn't you and stick an external yeah. gpu in it and again exactly. use the same windows you have the options if you wanted to you know it wasn't seamless obviously but you had those options but yeah the interaction of the m stuff um just kind of killed that and even with the new 2023 mac pro where we've actually got some uh piece express slots can't use gpus and apple are killing thunderbolt docks for gpus as well they're basically yeah. all external gpus are now dead to apple i mean an apple you know if you take apple as a gaming platform and i don't mean the mac if we look at ios specifically there are tens of thousands of games available in ios ios is a massive gaming yeah. market mobile gaming is huge and you know there are as i say tens of thousands of games available apple have apple arcade you know that you know let's i mean obviously the fortnite argument we won't get into that but you know <laughs> fortnite was on ios you know there are masses of games there but you know to say i'm going to pick up and play a game on my my mac i'm not too sure now apple of course with the new version of mac os sonoma have introduced this new porting tool haven't they that developers have, yeah. can say take their windows game and effectively convert it to run on mac with well according to apple they say little or no effort now i, I i'm no developer but i read that with that's not probably quite uh, your, your mileage may vary i think the, the idea obviously isn't just that they can bundle this and just not do any work it's to show them what performance out of the box will look like and what else they need to do to get up to speed. So it's not something designed for the consumer, is it? It's just the developer. Exactly. And we've got we have got some big name titles coming to, to Mac. I mean Resident Evil Village has been rewritten to, to work on Mac, yep. you know, natively. You know, we've had Warcraft, uh well, World of Warcraft WoW on there for a while. There's been a few other games there, but what you typically don't see is, you know, big name title. And it's Windows and Mac compatible. That is very no, unlikely. Uh, day one launch or anything like that. Yeah. It's, it's usually a year, or even a year and a half or more behind before you get a Mac port. I, I, think... I mean, I'm more, I'm all up for this. I, I would like to have the ability to see more games on my Mac um, without the need for running, you know, parallels and that. But the problem I find at the minute, of course, and this is, I think, where the game porting tool comes in, isn't it? Is this we're running 
the ARM architecture. That is, I think, half the battle here as well. Is that the architecture is different, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I mean, what else? I was watching a a video the other day, actually, and then you put this this article a link in for the podcast, and it was just it was having a look at this very fact. It's by a, a YouTube called Snazzy Labs, and maybe I'll, I'll send you the link, Jay, that you can. Uh, so you can add it in. But um, he was taking like, okay, so let's take 2019 Mac Pro, the Intel one, uh, the new 2023 Mac Pro, um, uh, an M2 MacBook Air, and a, a PC with you know, a $2,000 PC, yeah. okay? So a middle-of-the-range gaming kind of PC. And look, we're just going to compare the Windows with that PC, what frame weights we're getting in these games that are available on Mac, whether they're some of them were native ones, um, yeah. And some of them are, were using Apple's emulation layer just just to see. And they said, look, for those native ones, you were getting even from a MacBook, you know, sorry, MacBook Air, I should say, and you were getting decent performance, uh, quiet, energy yeah. efficient. But then he broke it down to so look. Well, let's see what the cost per frame is. You know, the frame rate you're getting, how much the Mac or PC costs, and it did not fare well for Apple in any of this. <laughs> I mean, you know, he averaged these FPSs. So the PC was getting an average of 152 frames a second. And it worked about $13 a frame. Wow. Whilst, you know, the MacBook, uh, MacBook Air was only getting 30 frames a second average across these games, uh, and, which is, what, 36. I mean, the worst. It, the Mac Pro, the new one, even that top end of all that graphic horsepower was only managing an average of 116 frames a second. So it cost $60 a frame. So, so well, yes, they were energy. Well, okay, the Mac Pro wasn't as energy efficient. You know, we're still we're still chewing through three or four hundred watts or whatever it what it was in its top configuration. He had, uh, but yeah, the the value for the frames you got out of it was not compelling. But no. yes, you could game on it, and that's that's I guess that's the bottom line. Yeah, you it could game. Work. It will work. wasn't amazing. It will work. Uh, you know, uh, say the MacBook Air, for example, thirty frames a second. Probably isn't great for the games you if you're playing an FPS or something. But for some games, it's perfectly serviceable. Yeah, and if you're running, if it's playing, I guess a strategy title or something like that, then yeah, you're not. That's not going to be, you know, that's going to be perfectly playable, isn't it? And I think, again, um, I think again, you know, when you think about some of the other titles, you know, the ones that are going to be more natively written, you know, converted to use Metal yeah. natively. Uh, as opposed to you know porting it or using some emulator in the middle of it, you know, like a wine layer or something. Yeah, yeah, you're going to get a difference there. But uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, from a cost perspective, yeah, not good. But on paper, you know, Apple's GPUs in theory should be doing the job they're saying they're doing, aren't they? You know. Yeah, I mean, to a degree, I don't know whether it's not optimized enough. But I said the Mac Pro got what uh, the Mac Pro never managed to beat. The pick the two thousand dollar PC even no. when it costs seven thousand dollars in a game, even with a native uh, red uh, copy of the game. Uh, so I think they still have a way to go if they want it to be viewed as a gaming platform that you can go and play your AAA titles whenever they come out and actually get a decent rate without spending seven thousand dollars plus on one. Yeah, that's the problem. But I think, you know, they, they've built these, and they are great GPUs, but they're not dedicated to street GPU the same as NVIDIA, AMD, or Intel these days. No. They are purely built for one thing and one thing only. Oh, well, minus AI. <laughs> minus yeah. AI as well. Um, and I think, you know, until you're right, until they get to a point where 
you know there's a dedicated you know way of doing it you know i think you're going to get a acceptable performance as opposed to exceptional performance exactly and i think that that's why apple you see all these charts they're talking about performance uh versus power aren't they you know power yeah. efficiency because yeah they win hands down there don't get me wrong but that's not really what you're looking for if you're after a gaming machine which they seem to be trying to target more and more but they're not really there with the hardware for that yet great if you know, it's something it's like you do your work all day and you like play a little game during your lunch break or something you know Brilliant. Perfect. Exactly. Or if I'm traveling for work and I've, you know, in the evening, I, you know, just want to have a bit of downtime, you know, and I've finished all the meetings and I'm back at the hotel. I don't yeah. really want to watch some TV, but I just, you know what? I'd like to kill an hour playing, playing a game or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, no, I'm with you on that one. I, I just, I, it just keeps coming around. I wanted to talk about it after I saw that article and I was like, you know, is it really a big deal? I think it is, but I think Apple are going about it in the wrong fashion. Yeah. And that kind of leads us, I guess, onto a kind of our final Apple story, um, which is about, you know, we talked a bit about it last week. Um, and there was a story on The Verge this week, which I kind of wanted just to reference, because we were talking about this, weren't we? What is the point of the Mac, the Mac Pro? We kind of said this all along. It was very niche, isn't it? What is the point of the Mac Pro? Well, according to The Verge, at least, they've, just, they've decided that the biggest problem with the Mac Pro is the MacBook Pro. And yeah. the reality is true. For most people, not even a studio or a Mac Mini, a MacBook Pro has the same compute almost, doesn't it? You know, and the same yep. ability to run the same software, uh, delivering amazing performance, you know, especially if you buy the top end ones, you know, um, they are there. Instead, you're going to drop, what, seven grand uh, on a, uh, a, Mac, a Mac Pro, just make sure I get my naming right, yep. um, so you can plug in some... Uh, PCI Express cards, none of which, as we've just said, are going to be a, a GPU. Um, yeah. And that's it. I mean, so what, what, exactly, I mean, just, what's the point? Yeah, in, in the article, they went out and said, well, okay, we'll find 20 professionals. And professionals that Apple are aiming at that do video rendering, editing, all that kind of stuff that Apple highlight and showcase. You know, and ask them, you know, had they bought a Mac Pro? Were they planning to? Could they see themselves using one? And <laughs> of the 20... Only one said yes. And the reason was because he likes the cheese grater design. I like a lot of designs and stuff, but that doesn't mean that I want to... Uh... I think that was he would like one, but he's not going to buy one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they all kind of said the same thing. Uh, yeah, I can do the same with a 16-inch MacBook Pro or the Studio for considerably less money. The new... PCI Express slots don't add anything for me because those add-on cards I'm using, I've just bought, I, I was forced years ago to buy the Thunderbolt version. But that's what, but the majority of these develop, uh, pro users, not developers, excuse me, yeah. pro users state the, the one thing they use PCIe for is, is GPUs. Yeah, and that was it. And you can't, can't do that. You can't do it. So what is the purpose of this machine? Absolute purpose. Does It does not yeah. have a purpose. Let me slap a 4090 in it or an AMD equivalent and, well, yeah, take some of my money. That would that would definitely help. Or several, you know, several of, um, you know, yeah. uh, of them. And I mean, you can't upgrade just... the RAM either. No. It just, it just felt like Apple here almost got themselves at a point where We've got to we've got to we've we've got to ship this thing. It's just like we've got to shut everybody up. We've got to ship this thing. We've got to deploy it. We've got to damn it. Once we've done it, it's dead. We move on. Walk away. Yeah, yeah. We've done it now. We won't release another version. 
yeah, this is it. Now shut up. You got what you wanted. <laughs> Carry on. And I just, yeah, it just, it kind of summed it up for me at that point was that when I read that was like that guy, the, the guy was quoted. I can't think I had in my notes somewhere. Um, what the, it was, um, it was one of the guys who was in it who said, um, uh, I think he was an Apple BFX, BFX, um, uh, you know, yep. ed, uh, editor or something. And basically was saying, yeah, the, uh, the only reason for having it was PCI. That was it. We run a 3D animation company. That was it. Apart from a capture card, there's no, there really isn't anything else we want to plug in, basically. Oh. And that sums it up. And if you can't do that, then this machine has no use apart from looking pretty, doesn't it? No, uh, yeah, exactly. Too little, uh, so, too I mean, late. Too little, too late. So, yeah. So, I just wanted to close the door on that. And we, we are all now in agreement. The Mac, Mac Pro is a white elephant that looks very pretty. Uh, but, yeah. Time to move away, Apple, and move on to other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's talk about something more serious then. So talk about Meta then. So this week, um, Meta, uh, well, first off, Meta have launched a new application called Thread. We're going to talk about more next week. But Threads is their, I quote, their Twitter killer, isn't it? Indeed. Um, and given, given the fact that Twitter's going down the toilet faster than, uh, yes, anything you can imagine, um, it seems likely that any app that gets in the way here will probably be a Twitter killer at some point. Yep. We're going to cover that more next week. However, what we want to talk about was the fact that now uh, Meta are looking to change Facebook to become an app store, aren't they? Um, particularly in the EU, at least, um, as yeah. part of this new part of the Digital Markets Act that uh, you know are. coming into force very soon. So, kind of, what does this mean? Though, are we are we going to kind of see it's uh, not, all kinds of apps? Or? It's not quite the App Store division. So it's not like they're taking Apple's App Store, or the Google no. Play Store. So. Well, in Facebook at the moment, you can get Facebook ads, obviously. Uh, some of those ads could be for apps. Now, if you click that, you're taken to the actual Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, to go and download, install, or pay for the app. Uh, but Meta's or Facebook's idea here is that then with these new, you know, the EU's Digital Markets Act and Apple and Google being forced to allow to app stores, they could use Facebook as that. So when you click the app, rather than being direct to an external thing, you can just go straight and download the app from within Facebook. Okay, okay. So they're apparently planning to start testing this on Android later this year. And this, again, is purely around the whole DMA thing, isn't it, of trying to circumvent the Apple monopoly stranglehold that any yep. one app store can have. Um, I just, I don't know. Can you, I mean, I, I don't use Facebook as we know. No, no, I don't. But I don't. I can't see. Is this is this going to work? I mean, well, here's what I can I see. It will though. do, I suppose. I Maybe guess it will do. It will be because people that use Facebook. I can see. Yeah, that's what I was thinking about. Yeah, but I can also see them going right. We'll we'll pay for an exclusive on a big game. You can only get it by signing up with a Facebook account and doing it for our for our Facebook app. That's that seems plausible, doesn't it? Yeah. That yeah. Does. yeah, and yeah. people will do that. I mean, I, I won't. I will just do without the app because there's no way I'm signing up for that. But there is a worry here, and I, a few commenters of, of, of kind of critics come to the app today say that, you know, again, this is Facebook want data. They want your data. They want user data. Um, I do. To try and, you know, increase their ad revenue. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that that is what they're doing, but given their track record and also their business model, why else would they be doing this? There's no real gain for them otherwise than to collect data. Surely, I can't see they're not being helpful. This isn't no. Um, this is an Apple. Uh, sorry, they want to cut the app pie. You know the thirty uh, percent. Yeah, that's true. That's, yeah, Although Apple will still be charging that, though, won't they? So that won't really work. 
Well, that's what I mean. But given given that they are an ad driven company, <clears throat> it just seems to me that there's got to be an angle in here for getting you as the product again, isn't it? Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, we'll just see. So the DMA obviously comes into force next year. So there's going to be quite a few changes coming down the line, I think, from not Will just Meta, but from, from everybody else. But yeah, just uh, seems interesting. We still haven't seen anything to do with the sideloading iOS 17. But as you and I speculated, I don't think we'll see anything to do with sideloading until very close to the DMA. Um, it'll be in the code there somewhere, point, or it'll yeah. be in 17 point something or other that is yeah, released. It'll be, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a niche release, and Apple will do it very quietly. It'll be, it'll it'll be, be no one line in a, no, it won't even because Apple don't do really do release notes, do they? So, uh, no. no. There'll, be, there'll be minimal fanfare on that because they are not going to, this is something they do not want. This is something they are going to struggle with. So, yeah, this is not going to be. Um, something that apple are going to want to shout about from the rooftops like other things but we'll nope. see okie dokie then so as we said twitter <sighs> is twitter. Uh, slowly destroying itself inside out uh, and this in the last week or so uh, musk has well i guess i topped in topped every other way of killing off uh, twitter by introducing a rate limit now I so have. C- keep me honest here so if you are a verified account, you can read 6,000 tweets a day. It's changed, but that's how it started. It's the last Saturday yeah. it started. That? Yeah, so that verified was, account, so 6,000 yeah. posts a day. Read. Yeah. Unverified account, 600 posts of tweets yeah. a day. And new accounts to the platform. Now, they didn't specify what new meant. However, you know, um, was 300 tweets a day. Uh, I'm sorry. You want me to interact with a social media site that means you are limiting now the amount of content I can see. Yep. And you said it, so it has changed as you're right. So, what are the new limits now? Then? So, we then, shortly after on the same day, we went up to 8,000 for verified, 800 for unverified, and 400 for new unverified. And as it stands at the moment, I think we're at 10K for verified, 1K for unverified, and 500 for new unverified. Uh, but also to add to the mis- misery of users, at one point this week, he also required people to be logged in to view tweets oh, or yes. profiles as a temporary emergency measure. This promptly broke everything, <laughs> even Twitter, and has since been rolled back. Well, they were struggling as well. They've broken TweetDeck as well, haven't they? But they're about to yeah. launch a new premium version of TweetDeck, which has upset right. a lot of people, isn't it, as well? I have. So, I've had, and, and, Yeah, go ahead. Go on. I was going to say, you can't view any embedded tweets because apart from that logged in functionality, was it? That yeah, that broke all that. Uh, I must have, the whole the whole reason he implemented this uh, is to, what is it, to address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation. It's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. Maybe most more people are data scraping your data now because your API pricing is unreasonable. Just I, a thought. His his whole argument for this does not add up, doesn't it? Now there were some unsubstantiated rumors, wasn't it, that uh, Musk uh, wasn't paying the Google Cloud bill, wasn't it? That well, was one of no, he, he wasn't paying the bill. He has now paid the bill, apparently. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for quite a while they weren't paying it, or they were dodging paying it. Uh, for for my understanding, they they have apparently paid for it, so it's not them being kicked out of GCP that's causing the problem. No, and they had so back in 2018, they signed a billion dollar contract with Google um, to leverage GCP um, to for the Twitter platform, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and that that was up for renewal on the 30th of June. Now, interestingly, uh, we see all of these issues happen First around that time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
yeah. I mean, it's not just data scraping or system manipulation. There's more going on here than is being uh, let on, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And I can't see Google aren't going to um, Google aren't going to all of a sudden pull you know Twitter off their platform. It's it, you know it's not going to do them any favors, is it? It's not going to. No, but they'd like to be paid. So maybe maybe yeah. Google rate limited this. Well, that's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't know that. But it is possible. Yeah, you, um, I mean, it could be long lines of you paid us for twenty percent of what you owe, so we're now limiting your performance to twenty percent. There was, uh, there was. I did see again unsubstantiated rumors um, that um, there was um, the new CEO apparently had to step in because apparently there was forty-two million dollars unpaid in invoices. Ouch. Um, you know, so. It was, you know, what gets me though is you still have Musk doing all of the tweeting, but you don't see anything from them. The, yeah, no, I forgot there was a new CEO. I had to just, I had to think then when you said the new CEO. Uh, yeah, forgot about that. And this is what I'm saying. You've got, you've got Musk still being the mouthpiece and making decisions on the fly. Yet she's supposedly running the company. Uh, well, but then we discussed this at the time. She's not really, is she? Not at all. Not at all. Scapegoat yeah, springs to mind. It does seem a scapegoat. But yes, t- Musk is on his way to absolutely nerfing the site. I mean, we're still there. That's why I said at the start, we're still there. Uh, we're still on Twitter, still enjoying the, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the connections that are there. Um, the three people that still are on the site. Um, but, uh, you know, given that Musk has reduced the staff as well from seven and a half thousand approximately to down to fifteen hundred. I mean, what do you expect as well? It's just it is just not. they've lost a lot of knowledge there, haven't they? And it's going to be they a have. point where they can't fix something because the people who had the knowledge know how it work aren't there anymore. No. They and again, are, this yeah. could be signs of that. We don't know because I don't think we'll ever get the actual answer out of them. Not until it goes under and then 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 when things come out in the you know the, the later yeah. years of what happened. But no, indeed. Well, on that note The Tech Ramp Rumor Mill is back and this week we've got two tasty little rumors in there. One is a little colourful. Boom boom. Um, <laughs> so kick us off then, Carl. What have we got? Oh, obviously it's this time of year again. It's iPhone 15 time, and the rumors are Ooh. starting to leak out a bit more now. Obviously, we know USB-C is coming because Apple has a gun to its head. So <laughs> it had no choice on that one. So we knew that's coming. We know there's a slightly new design with is it titanium edges? It's a bit more rounded. It, yeah. uh, but we're now talking about colors. Okay, so there's some interesting ones coming. So apparently the iPhone 15 Pro now are a very reliable leaker, the same leaker that gave us, uh, that said the 14 Pro was going to get the purple colour. It's saying we're oh, now yes. going to get a, a dark red, crimson red kind of colour. Well, that's what I, yeah, I, I was trying to work this out. Is that like crimson? Is, is that dark red? Or I can't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this would be interesting because we, we've said this quite a lot of times now. We'd like a Pro or a Pro Max in, um, what do they Product call red. it? Product red. You That's don't seem it. to get them on the pros. You only get them on the normal ones. We'd really like I'd a buy, red I'd, one. I'd buy that. I'd buy that. No, no questions. It would yeah. be the phone. Of so course. this will be a bit darker, apparently, a bit more muted, maybe. Uh, but yeah, I might be interested in getting a, a crimson one if, if I get the 15 Pro. There's also rumors, isn't there, that Apple are doing are going for a light pink, uh, a light blue, excuse me, and a pink on yeah, the entry is, level model. This is for the 15 that, and 15 yeah. plus, isn't it? So the new ones are going to get a green similar to the iPhone 11 and 12, which is more of like a mint green. 
That's the one, yeah. And the blue looks very similar to the blue that was on was that the, the 13, iPhone. was it? Pro? Or, well, there was a 5C as well that had that blue as well. It was, um, yes. Yeah, so I like blue. And then a pink. I don't think we've seen a yes, actual one of a, pink, pink iPhone. Fuchsia. Before, fuchsia. fuchsia I, I, you know, I, I would call that a fuchsia pink if I was honest with you. But, uh, you know. Yeah, I think we've seen some light pinks, haven't we? But this is a bit more of a darker, more vibrant pink. By the yeah, bit. exactly. Um, but I mean, Crimson, I'm up for that. It'd be nice to see. You know, we never got the bronze that was rumored before. Do you remember? Oh yeah. Um, but we got, uh, you know, we got other colors instead. I mean, I'm rocking the the, the purple here. Or, no, yeah, we're not. We're not here. We're, yeah, we are the purple. I was going to say midnight black, but I was the other one, midnight was the other one, wasn't it? But I like the purple. I think it's a nice color. But yeah, do you know what? I'd like a splash of color. Does that make sense? Something that looks yeah. a little bit different. You know. And I meant to but say actually, bring this up offline. But now it's good as any. Fifteen. Oh, sorry, the fourteen. Have they changed the screen coating? Because I had the 13 Pro without a case Scratches. or a screen protector for two years. Or was it a year or two years? Scratched. Not a single scratch on it. No, no. A 14 Pro, my God, I've got some scratches on it. And I have not changed how I do anything. I'm glad you're not the only person. So I noticed the other day my 12, my 12 Pro, which I use my work phone, yeah, yeah. is now heavily scratched not not to the point where you can't really scream but there are quite a few notable scratches on it which makes sense because it's over two years old you know uh, i'd get that the the 14 i thought would be stronger now my case i've got the spidgen uh clear cases and so it's got a slight yeah. lip on the case so you know it should protect it most of the time but i have got a couple of really annoying not deep scratches but noticeable ones on the screen there and i yeah. cannot work out like you what I've done differently yeah. because the rest changes. of the phone is immaculate. The sides, the yeah. back, the camera bumps, it's just the screen. And I've got yeah. one at the top where the Wi Fi signal is, it's just quite apparent now. Uh, and then a longer one down the left hand side that isn't so apparent unless I get the right the angle. But and a couple of other small ones. But yeah, my previous one I sold and it never never wore a screen protector or any case, and it was immaculate on the 13 Pro Max. Yeah, I, I'm convinced that they've changed something there. Absolutely convinced as well. So, yeah, you're not alone. Tank not my resale value. Uh. Oh, God, yeah. So, talking then on the other one, the other one is around the i the iPhone. So, the uh, watch. apparently Apple Watch. As I was say, I got my words mixed up. Uh, this is not this year's, is it? This is no, this is not even next, next year's. Year. All the years. This is the 2026 Watch Ultra 5, I want to say. Is that... Well, no, we get... well, no, we're on what? So, 22. No, we're going to get one. two this year in 2023. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, yeah, yeah that will be the, the five if they, if they do one every year, which I, I imagine they year. will do. Okay, so this is quite far out and subject to change, obviously. But uh, the rumors are well, we'll be getting a micro LED display on it. Okay, so a bit about what micro LED is so, and why it's important, okay? But uh, So currently Apple uses what IPS, LCD, IPS panels with mini LED backlighting on the iPad Pros and the MacBooks, and they look fantastic. We've got OLEDs on the current Apple Watch and the iPhone, and again, look great. But uh, I think we're expecting OLED panels on the iPads next year as well. Currently, yeah, that's yeah, the rumor for that. That's the rumor it, yeah. for that. But micro LED kind of take the best of both, okay? So they take the... The uh, long life and vibrancy of mini LEDs, but obviously micro a lot, lot smaller. And we've got the fantastic blacks uh, and stuff of, of OLEDs, but we'll, we'll get away, uh, away from uh, longevity issues you get with OLED. 
so apparently this will take the best of both, uh, but it's been delayed and delayed. Now, did they, they bought someone a year or two ago, didn't they? they? Did. they did. Uh, Lux, Lux View, but that was 2014 they bought them. Was that 2014? Was yeah. it that long ago? Yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it shows how technical this is to get right, because I've not seen any other micro-LED products out yet. No, and, and Apple, you know, Apple, the, you know, we, if you look at the top end of the scale, we've got the, was it the QD LED, is it? Which is the top end version of um, the LED screens, which yep. um, have more in common with the organic LEDs. Oh, okay. uh, quantum dot, oh, QD OLEDs, isn't it? Yeah. Quantum dot OLEDs that Samsung that, do, yeah. Which are the real high end ones, aren't they now? Yep. And, you know, but we're not, you say, we're not even really at the micro LED point, um, for for everything but you know, given that you know with the watches particularly the ultra with the bigger screen the the need to drive better battery life efficiency and screen quality brighter, is yeah. definitely yeah brighter is definitely the way to do it i mean given how bright it is anyway isn't it compared to the standard uh watch and i can't remember what the nits on it was it 900 nits or something like that something really Could silly be, isn't yeah. it really um so apple have already got organic led oled um yeah. in the watch we did that and that's been around for a while but we, you know, might actually say micro, we haven't seen. And, you know, the fact that you know, we're now talking at this, uh, uh, you know, into the watch is probably, yeah, got to be a couple of years out because it's Apple a... have not rushed to get no, to any it's of It's probably a good place to start, isn't it? It's a more, it's a pr- more premium watch. So there is space there money wise. It's larger. So there's a bit more extra space there. And yeah, it's a small enough screen, you know, that so they wouldn't start with an properly, iPad yeah. or an iPhone. Yeah, it's, it's small enough that yield issues should be less. Yeah, that's uh, that's it really. But yeah, so interesting to see where that comes out. But that's a you know, for once we've got a proper long range long range rumor for you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we're accurate. Tune in in three years' time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right then, on that point, that's probably a good place for us to wrap up for today. We'll be back next week for episode one thirty nine of all the latest tech stories and news, um, and we'll be covering the launch of meta's threads uh as are probably one of our lead stories next week as i said earlier you can still find us on twitter at weekly tech rant and we're also online at techrant.online for all of our show notes and information and of course wherever you get your uh, podcast from please like share give us a review whatever you'd like to do it really helps us so on that note i've been jay i've been carl have a good evening all